You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, welcome to the Save the Marriage Podcast. This is Lee Bauckham, and today I wanted to talk with you about a phrase that I hear way too often from people. They tell me, you know, I just don't think that I can work on this relationship. I don't think I can save it. And I'll say, well, why is it you don't think you can make any progress? And they'll tell me that their spouse just told them, this one line that stopped them cold. Their spouse said, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. That's a very common phrase. It's used uh, as a a kind of a, a, a moment of warning. And I don't always think that it's meant in the kind of warning that people take from it. The problem is it trips the person up because we all want to be loved and passionately loved by our spouse. And when that piece is missing, we're not sure what's left. So let's talk a little bit about what that phrase means. And then we're going to talk some about what actions to take and and probably more importantly, the actions not to take in order to kind of move in the right direction with that. The first thing to understand is the the meaning behind that phrase. it's, It's really the basic beginning point of disconnection. And, and the good news of that is it's the beginning of the process of disconnection. It's not, it's not that you're way down the hill, although it can feel like it. And what I've noticed is sometimes when somebody hears that, they don't hear it as the warning shot. They hear it as a final pronouncement that we can't do anything about this. And sometimes even the person saying it doesn't know what they're saying. They don't know what to do because they're feeling confused. We're in a culture that believes that if you don't feel passion, everything's wrong. Everything's broken. And I'm here to tell you that not feeling passion is just a symptom of a layer of disconnection. That's all it has to mean until we make it mean a lot more than that. So the first thing, the first meaning to understand is that it's describing a level of disconnection that's present a level of disconnection in a relationship. Remember that connection, feeling connected, is the lifeblood of a relationship. It's what brings a relationship to life, and it's what will starve a relationship if it's not there. If you think about that process in the beginning, you know, you don't suddenly see someone, you might feel infatuated, right? You might feel attracted to them. That's a sexual attraction, but you, you don't necessarily feel in love with them. You might see lots of people that you go, wow, they're really good looking and, and, you know, I get a little charge out of it, but that doesn't mean you feel like you're in love with them. The process of falling in love with somebody means that you get to the place where you start with your strangers and then you become friends and then you become closer friends and then you become so connected that you feel like you love this person and then you find that passion point where you feel in love with that person. So then part of what happens is we get a little bit fooled and life goes on and we can't feel that same level of passion that we're used to. It begins to become everyday life and we can solidify that and have that love become I love you and I'm loving toward you that nurtures the feeling of being in love with you, right? And what most people don't understand is there is a switch that happens, uh, when Bob Grant and I were talking about this in, in a couple of interviews, we talked about the fact that you go from uh, an adrenaline attraction 
to an endorphin attraction. Adrenaline attraction is uh, caused by that adrenal release in our body, which really has, in some ways, behind it a little bit of fear. But when you've made a commitment to somebody, the fear kind of is put aside because you've now promised to be with this person. And then it becomes an endorphin attraction where you feel a load of, of endorphins because you act lovingly towards the other person. So in that process, sometimes we get a little bit lost in the fact that we're, try, we're making this transition. It's a normal transition that we don't understand well in our culture. We don't understand well in relationships. And sometimes that fools people. But more often, what's really happening is that you're feeling this, uh, this sense of, of disconnection, right? And the disconnection is growing because it's not being nurtured in the relationship. The connection is, is starving in some ways. So the first reason for this phrase is disconnection. The second reason is hurt. In any relationship, there are going to be bruises and, and scratches along the way. There are going to be times when we, uh, we hurt somebody inadvertently and they hurt us inadvertently. And when there's not a process of getting beyond that, of forgiveness and of moving beyond that, the hurt accumulates. And sometimes the hurt accumulates enough that it begins to knock down those feelings of, of connection. And the hurt replaces the connection. And when the hurt replaces enough of the connection then you might have somebody say, hey, I, I love you. I care for you, right? I still have feelings of care for you, but I'm not in love with you. A third reason for this being said is because there might be a potential connection elsewhere. And that pot potential connection is beginning to draw loyalty away from the relationship and towards another relationship. They might still be torn, right? They're not sure what's going to happen, but they feel uh, some shift in loyalty and they have a shift in feelings that where the focus could be on this relationship, it's now being pulled elsewhere. So I just want to bring that up as a possible reason, not the reason. That's what people often hear in that phrasing. Oh, there must be somebody else. It's not necessarily the case, but sometimes... That is one of the reasons that, that that phrase is spoken because the in love is now a, a feeling that's being projected onto somebody else. And then there's a fourth reason, and that's the potential physical shift. Sometimes it's about hormones. It's true with men with low testosterone and it's with women in menopause that sometimes the feeling of passion that we're used to, the feeling of, of sexual drive that we're used to can begin to shift in life. And we're not sure what that's about. We're not sure how that feels because most of us only go through that, you know, for ourselves that this first time, right? And so we don't know what it's supposed to be. And people don't talk about this that much. You don't stand around at a party and talk about your low T or your menopause. And because of that, people aren't aware uh, that that might be behind a, a, a sense of less attraction, a sense of less passion in a relationship. And then there's another reason, and that's depression or low thyroid, and some other medical reasons, those pieces can push down the feelings. And because it, all of these pieces, all these physical pieces affect our thought process, affect our brain and our thoughts and our feelings, people can begin to think that it's about the spouse rather than recognizing that it's really about the physical body, their own physical body. Okay, so now we've kind of covered the span of why somebody might be saying, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I care for you, but I'm not feeling the passion. I'm just not feeling it anymore. It could be just a, a layer of disconnection in the relationship.
It could also be because of layers of hurt. It could also be because of potential connection existing somewhere else. And finally, it could be because of biology. So what do you do? Uh, well, there's some things that you don't want to do, and, and it's kind of in the middle of all this. We want to talk about the don'ts because in some ways they're as important, if not more important, than the do's. The first thing is don't panic. And this is the one where I watch many people walk right into a deeper crisis. So the conversation starts with, hey, I want, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm feeling something weird, right? I don't love, I don't feel in love, I love you, I care for you, but I don't feel like I'm in love with you. I'm, I don't, I'm not in love with you. The person immediately goes into panic, begins to beg and, and push and plead and, and provoke until the other person says, you know what, I need more space. And so it escalates simply because somebody didn't know what to do with that phrasing and panicked. So don't panic, deal with your panic and recognize that in many ways, this is a normal layer in a relationship, and the relationship can be re-energized. It's not the death of a relationship. The second thing is deal with the hurt. Recognize that the feeling of not being in love is the other person's feeling. It's not completely about you. That It's about their hurt, their feelings, their emotional state. And to work to deal with that hurt, to try to find what's underneath it, Remember that a lot of times the outward emotions of anger and, and disconnection are rooted in hurt in the other person, and you have to move past what's showing and try to deal with the hurt underneath it. Now, I also want you to realize that you're going to have to deal with your own hurt, to not let that dominate as you work to deal with your spouse's hurt in the process. The third thing is to work on the connection. The heart of my Save the Marriage system is how you rebuild the connection, no matter where you are in the process. And, and the reason I deal with connection is because that's how we as humans are wired. We are all about needing that connection. And so part of the process of recovering a marriage and of keeping a marriage healthy is to be focused on the connection between you. So focus on that connection. If you need help with that, please check out my Save the Marriage system at savethemarriage.com. Then you begin to deal with that hurt from the spouse by apologizing for your role. And I do suggest an apology letter. I talk about that letter in, in different places, including the Save the Marriage System uh, and in my virtual coaching program. And so if you need some help with that, we do, definitely have resources for that. We just don't have time to really cover that in this process. But make sure that you're trying to deal with your spouse's hurt. Here's some things you don't want to do. Don't try to convince or argue your with your spouse. Don't try to convince them that they do really feel in love with you. Don't try to argue why they might feel that way. Don't try to turn on the romance either because it doesn't fit. You know, Think about that. If, if some friend suddenly starts acting romantically towards you, you'd probably run for the door. If your spouse isn't feeling it right now, the, trying to turn on the romance is probably the last thing that they're going to be willing to do. It's going to just feel out of place until you nurture the connection back into the relationship. The third thing is to say, uh, is don't say, I don't love you either. This is one of the big mistakes. Sometimes we lash out in anger. So you don't want to return it with, well, I don't love you. You know, you don't love me. I don't love you. How's that? Because all it does is confirm for the other person that things aren't right. Also, be sure you don't push it to the next level. 
That's the biggest thing, a mistake I see is people go from, I'm not in love with you to I'm out the door, all because a spouse began to push it through to the next level with a bad reaction. Don't insist on change. Don't insist on your spouse doing some changing here. That's not the process. Don't insist that your spouse has to figure their way through this, which leaves us to some do's. Do give space, but recognize that space is emotional space. This is one of the big topics that I think we misunderstand. Someone says, I need some space, and we cut off physical space. And what they're really asking for, even if they don't know it, is some emotional space, that they're feeling like their emotional space is crowded out. They're trying to find a way uh, to deal with that. So I need some space is more about emotional space, at least in the beginning. If you keep invading somebody's emotional space, eventually they're going to ask for physical space. But at least at the beginning, it can be about giving emotional space. This is another one of those topics in my, uh, my program, the VIP virtual coaching program. I have a whole series on how you deal with that emotional space. So recognize that there are other resources to help you understand that if you're, if you're not clear about that. Another do is to remain positive. If you suddenly go negative, if you suddenly allow your mood to be decimated, that's not a particularly attractive place to come back to. You want to make sure you stay positive and you continue to see hope. One of the things that happens many times is people find that hopelessness is a contagion if you're not careful. You have to inoculate yourself from your spouse's hopelessness by staying in hope yourself, by staying positive and continuing to move forward. Also, commit yourself to growth. This is a big one. We are all growing creatures. That's what we're, we're designed. It's in our innate DNA that we are always growing and changing. And when we stop growing, that's when we grow stagnant. Uh, as Ray Kroc said in one of my favorite quotes, you're either green and growing or you're red and rotting. You're ripe and rotting. You're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. That's only two choices. So choose to be growing. Choose to continue a growth process. And if you haven't been growing, time to start growing. Time to start finding your places of, of personal development, the places where you need to change. And then finally, the biggest do is do commit yourself to connecting. Even when a spouse isn't sure if there's a possibility, continue to work to nurture the connection. Now, recognize that sometimes the connection is, is it's kind of like momentum. If it's lost momentum. You have to slowly begin to build it up. You can't just go full force. You have to give it some, some places to, to warm up, but begin to focus on that connection. Now, if you've been listening to this going, you know, I've got that. I heard my spouse say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I don't know what to do. Please, please grab my Save the Marriage system. If you go ahead and grab my Save the Marriage system, you can go to savethemarriage.com. I'll give you a week of my virtual coaching program for free where you get access to all those other trainings. But you got to start. Don't let this continue. It will continue to erode the process and continue to pull your, your marriage down. Don't let that happen. You can come back from that. You can rebuild a connection. and You can have the marriage of your dreams. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.